You're listening to The Robin Tristan Show. Today's episode is brought to you by RefBox. RefBox, keeping your kids in bounds. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Mr. Tristan Bolton. Today we're going to talk about the 10 things you may not realize can be hacked. The reason that I came up with this topic, um, I got looking at a number of things online the other day and one or two of them really surprised me. I'm not going to ruin those by stating what they are, first and foremost, but um, we're going to jump into the list here in a moment. But first, I'm going to say hi to, to Mr. Bolton on this one. Tristan is actually an IT expert, for those of you who may not have heard past shows. So the way I've sort of set this up is I'm hoping to tell you about what I found in my research and then look for some sort of commentary from Mr. Bolton. And if he does not have commentary on it, we'll likely edit that. Sounds good. Hey, Rob. <laughs> so anything you wanted to add prior to our launching into the list here? No, I got a chance to look at the list quickly beforehand. I wasn't surprised by anything that's on there, but I can imagine the listeners will be. So let's just dive in. At least five of these floored me. I couldn't believe it. But I guess it's kind of what you do, right? So right off the bat, number one is any device in your body, specifically any device in your body that actually connects to the internet can be hacked. This uh, turns out was a major concern of Dick Cheney's because after he had had that bypass surgery during his time as the VP, they had actually given him a pacemaker and it was well known that that pacemaker could be hacked and he was actually terrified of an assassination attempt at any time. In 2011, a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Radcliffe, he actually hacked into his own insulin pump changed what the data was that it was serving to the computer and he proved he could have actually adjusted and changed the amount of insulin pumped from it and of course if he had increased that enough he could have put himself into a coma or of course killed himself one of the other devices that i found out can be hacked is a heart defibrillator which is a device that is implanted on a person so that if they notice the heart begins to fall out of rhythm it'll automatically just give the heart a jolt so that the heart goes back into its proper beating rhythm. Well, apparently, remotely, you can actually turn that off, or you could turn it on and fire it, um, which I, I find to be terrifying. So none of these things, though, were surprised to you? No, and I'm not a medical expert, so I'm not sure if there's a difference between the defibrillator and pacemaker, but pacemaker is a story that I've heard of before. I'm going to qualify your statement that any device that connects to the internet, that's not necessarily true. And a lot of medical devices are not connected to the internet, but they just have a way to communicate wirelessly. Using the example of a pacemaker, it may not be connected to the internet all the time, but when you go to the doctor's office, it may have Bluetooth technology or something like that, that they can connect to it with and manage it. So that's not necessarily on the internet, but it's an interface to manage the device. There's a difference there, right? The pacemaker's not on the internet all the time that can be hacked 24-7. I'm sure some are. I don't know all the models inside and out, but the ones that I have seen or done research on or anything like that, they are not necessarily connected to the internet. They just have a wireless connectivity that you can manage them through, which can be hacked. So let's say I have a pacemaker, which is possibly, based on the amount of coffee I drink in a day, something in my very near future. Am I safe if I am not within range of, say, someone who has Bluetooth access? Like, where am I potentially in danger, to the best of your knowledge anyway, on that principle? So again, I'm not an expert in all those devices and the security that they have in place, but if your device only has a Bluetooth interface, then yes, you have to be in proximity to that device to connect to it. 
right? So you may think, hey, I'm good. But put another way, for insulin pumps, which are a little bit more connected to the internet, you know, you may connect to your insulin pump through your phone or even connected to your computer. Well, now you're connecting it to a device that does have access to the internet. So in theory, your computer or your phone could get hacked, which then when your insulin pump gets connected, it can get compromised and managed. So there's a scenario where you think you have to be in range for it, but in fact, it is connected to the internet. Well, I'm not familiar with any scenarios. I don't know if your research found any where, where they were in fact hacked successfully to fatal results or even uh, mischief and, and caused any problems, but they are absolutely potential threats. I actually couldn't find an incident of that occurring, except for people who did it on purpose to show that it was a vulnerability, but that's it. I didn't find any stories that actually had a problem. All right, moving on to number two. Toilets. So there's a toilet specifically called the Satis or Satis. It's a toilet made in Japan. The thing is $4,000 first and foremost, and that's US dollars. This toilet has about 100 features on it. It's got a bidet. It's got an air purifier. It's got a noisemaker specifically designed to block or cover the noise you might be making. It's got um, warm air heaters. It's got all these different things. And it turns out that it is controlled by an app called MySatis, which sadly was created by them using a Bluetooth pin that is the exact same pin for every toilet. So no matter which toilet you buy, it's the exact same Bluetooth pin to connect to it. And this, is, of course, is where there's problems because someone can just download the app. And if they can get within range of the toilet, they could make the toilet flush itself a million times. They could turn on the electronics, the air purifier, the, the noisemaker, and so on. And anyway, and one of the ones that I actually find kind of funny is they can turn on the bidet jets from the app. The concern, of course, is if someone wanted to be malicious with it, they could actually bring up your water bill or your hydro bill quite easily with a couple of uh, strokes of an app. It seems to be a security issue. I can't actually find a statement from the company saying that they've made any change or fix to the app yet. So as it stands, it appears to be still a problem. I haven't heard of that particular one, but I also, I'm not surprised. Manufacturers all the time release products with default passwords. So the manuals all stay the same and anybody that knows them is familiar with the passwords and all that other stuff to manage them. But uh, that's a pretty common security risk is that uh, those pins are defaults. So sometimes the software doesn't even let you change them. And then that allows anybody else to manage that device. So, yeah. There you go. So the next one on my list is emergency broadcast systems. Okay, so picture this. You are, I don't know how realistic this is for you, but you're at home, in this case in Montana, and you're watching Days of Our Lives, and suddenly a loud beeping noise comes up on the TV, and then an emergency broadcast message comes across, and that message in a creepy computer voice followed by text says, Bodies of the dead are rising up from the ground and attacking the living. Please take cover. This happened <laughs> just a couple of years ago uh, in Montana. Um, a lot of viewers saw it, and I guess the TV station quickly ran to do everything they could to convince people to not to panic, that the dead were not actually you know, coming out of the ground and, and eating their neighbors. And apparently this isn't a one-off. Uh, shortly after this, it happened several other times, all with pretty great messages. Um, <laughs> like that last one, you can see where there's a problem there. And this is only a consideration of my own. I think that if you continued to have that system hacked, people would just begin to presume that it's been hacked. They may not actually take it seriously. You know, the boy who cried wolf thing. 
So it turns out, according to the TV stations and the company that makes the emergency system, that all of those systems are just sent out to these TV stations across North America and that they all have the same default password. So if the password's not changed, anybody who knows that default password can then quite easily hack the system. And this is where I ran out of technical expertise on it, but I think the system itself actually can or does override the TV station when it's activated, which makes sense. I mean, you probably have to turn it on quickly. Anyway, so it appears that it's mainly a password issue, but I would assume that anything that could require a password actually can be hacked anyways, right? So it may yet be a concern. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. I don't know how those systems are built. Again, I haven't been on that project. I have an idea, and I, I would imagine it would require a little bit more than a password. They'd have to be centrally managed or something along those lines. But I'm also not surprised, let's put it that way. I mean, these systems can be hacked all the time. Uh, emergency broadcast systems have unique challenges. They have to work across all kinds of technologies. They have to be reliable. And a lot of that comes down to being simple when those are engineered. And when you have simple products, you can have more security vulnerabilities. I will say, though, that something that's much more common in the States, and I don't believe Canada has a similar system, but in the U.S., there is an emergency broadcast system that's affiliated with the cell phone network, uh, especially Amber Alerts and any kind of state or national uh, emergencies. Um, they can be sent out to cell phones as text messages, and those text messages override the notification settings. So if you have your phone on vibrate or whatever, these messages will still come through at a pretty loud volume. Those systems, they can also be hacked, right? I don't, again, know of any particular instances. As far as I know, they've, they've been able to put reasonable security in place for that, but they're out there as well. So I'm a big fan of that, actually. That's brilliant. I hope that if that's something we don't have in Canada yet, I hope that's something coming. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know it exists. And if you go into some advanced settings on your phone, you'll see some stuff there for that. And I've only ever seen those when I'm in the States. But I know some people didn't know that that existed. There was some recent news in California when, you know, their phones started blowing up at 3 a.m. because of an Amber Alert that had gone out. And people didn't even know that their phones were capable of making this noise. You know, they had them on charge. They had them on do not disturb or silent or whatever. And all of a sudden, they're being woken up by a text message that's not supposed to wake them up. So I I think it's a pretty interesting feature, but there's been a big debate about that that's not on today's topic. But Wow. I like it. We'll definitely talk about that again later, I think. Okay, next one in the list is hospital equipment. Turns out that MRI machines, x-ray machines, scanners, and infusion pumps can actually all be hacked. They all are actually part of a network, and they run wirelessly. To my shock, it turns out that most of them are actually made by the same companies, and this is another situation about the default password, except that the company that ships machines actually asks the hospitals not to change the default password so that their own support people will be able to uh, more easily run updates and security systems checks and so on. So there's apparently some sort of rethink going on currently, but there are actual cases. In fact, there's a lot of cases, I think it's 54, of people actually getting in and hacking hospital machines and they discovered in some cases people had actually installed malware on them 299 different instances of malware found on hospital equipment which is crazy i'm not even sure what it is they'd be after but some of the concerns that came along with that was they discovered that hackers could actually change the automated medication dosage systems on machines. So if someone was getting a specific amount of morphine, someone could hack into the system and actually turn that up. 
that was just one of the concerns. There's obviously a lot of them. Um, you could have a machine go flat. You could turn off an electronic device that someone needs to live. I found this one to be pretty disturbing overall. It's kind of in line with what we already talked about, but um, the support part bugs me a lot. Like, why would a large distributor decide that they're just going to encourage their people to just use the default password instead of actually changing the password and, and so on? Is that something you've ever run into with, with any of the stuff you've worked on? I know you're not into the medical field. Yeah, but I have worked with some large manufacturers that are like that, and it really depends on where security is on their priority list, right? I was reading some articles recently about Linux and where security falls in line in their priority, and security is pretty high up there, but performance and reliability sometimes trumps security. It's always a risk and reward kind of thing, and then that kind of goes to part of my answer to your question about why support people would encourage a default password. Well, you know, if IT goes and sets up the gear and puts a unique password on it, not all the hospitals staff are going to know that password. It might not be documented somewhere or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, somebody has to call support to fix the machine, and then nobody knows the password, and they're spending all this time trying to find a password to get it going, right? And the likelihood is that machine is making them hospital money, and it being down is problematic. That's kind of the risk-reward security side of it, and ambiguity is a big part of some companies' security models. So they just think, well, people don't know that default password, or they have to be in the network and stuff like that. They think that that's enough of a barrier to stop people and Sometimes they don't realize that that's not enough until the hacks start coming and the malware start getting installed. So I'm not surprised. It all depends on the attitude towards security that the companies take. And the problem is basically the size of the company, right? So, you know, there's only a few key players in the medical equipment industry that make MRI machines, for example. So all of a sudden, you have one main manufacturer that's across thousands of hospitals across North America. Now you've got a big problem all simple. It's just a default password. It's an attitude towards security, but potentially millions of people could be affected. It's interesting. Could you briefly define malware? Just so anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about when we say malware understands what that is. Yeah. So malware is a type of virus that can be installed on pretty much anything that's able to execute it. There's a few things that malware could do. Um, sometimes it's just it's just using the compute power of that machine. So maybe an MRI machine sends an email to the doctor to you know send them the results or whatever. So a malware might be to install on that device to be able to send emails out that could be spam. For example, that's one thing. Malwares can also be used. Um, Trojan horses can be a part of malware, so they can remotely execute commands and stuff. So that's where you can change doses and stuff. So essentially, you only have to hack it once, install the malware, and then now you have control over that device whenever you want it. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Great. So that scary little one's over. We're moving on now to um, one one more that I think is actually equally scary, which is smart homes. And I'm using the term smart homes because obviously... We think of that as being like a whole house, completely wired, you know, with technology and computer gadgets and so on. But into that, I'm going to incorporate a number of devices that are not necessarily part of the entire, say, trademarked smart home design, but are, in essence, another form of technology most people have in their homes. So I guess the concern with smart homes is things like um, cameras can be hacked. In fact, there are ways, and I'm not defining them, that you can search online to discover all these people's internal cameras that they have for security in their homes are available online. You can just go watch people roam around their house, which is, you know, scary enough on its own. They can actually hack the thermostats, turn it up, turn it down, et cetera, turn it off. I don't find that one as scary only because I imagine that one way or the other, you will notice before there's a problem. (laughs) 
That's my theory. Yeah, it's getting hot. I should probably go change the thermostat. Then uh, garage doors. This one's a little more intense. Because of technology, criminals can actually, if they can get into your phone, if they hack the security system on your house, they can identify your routines and they could use a simple app on their phone to just pop open your garage door and walk in if they wanted to. So that one's a little unnerving. And then the one that I, I kind of honed in on, which I found to be the most disturbing, was baby monitors. There's countless documented cases of individuals hacking into these things who are then carrying on discussions or trying to um, either yell at the parent who just happens to be in the room at the time. Or in the one incident, there was a two-year-old girl who was on this monitor. Uh, it was actually a video monitor as well as one that both received and sent sound. And this guy had hacked into it and began to yell at a two-year-old girl using expletives. I can't repeat the language, but horrible sentiments. And uh, the father had heard it. He came running in the room, realized what was going on, and he unplugged it from the wall. Thankfully, in that case, the girl actually happened to be deaf. So she didn't actually hear the horrible things this uh, individual was saying to her. But um, that one is, is truly scary. And, and a lot of the documented stories on that are cases where the parents heard people literally just belittling their children, telling their children they're worthless and things like that over the monitors. It makes me kind of glad that we never had one. And it almost makes me want to encourage other people to reconsider. I, I think that most monitors used to run on just the same kind of technology that we had for, say, walkie-talkies when we were kids. But um, it seems like, I guess, a lot of them have gone wireless. You've had younger children far more recently than I have. Did you have anything like that at home? No, actually, we did not have any monitors. We would use cell phones and stuff like that to be able to listen in on the kids. But it hits the news all the time that baby monitors are hacked or can be hacked. And the features that are involved in them when it comes to the video and the two-way mics and all that other stuff are constantly hyped up in the press because it's scary. It's your kids and it's privacy and it's inside your home where you think it's safe and they can be hacked. But just to step back for a minute and talk about smart homes in general, the industry term is called Internet of Things. And that is a new industry. It's a huge frenzy going on right now of people trying to get in front of it and shape it. And Internet of Things is basically connecting your home to the internet in every possible way. Your thermostat, your fridge, your dishwasher, your cameras, your everything. It doesn't matter. Your door locks, your garage door, everything. You control it from your phone you can you know make it smart so that when you're when you're away the thermostat knows that you're away and all this other stuff and some of it's cool and some of it's interesting but all of it can be hacked and in the frenzy, seeing as it's a new industry, the security part of it isn't built there as much. There's still a huge pressure to get these products to market, and security is often an afterthought to that. So yeah, Internet of Things is what you're going to see a lot more of. You're going to see a lot more products over the next 5, 10 years coming out that's going to help connect things. And I think for a lot of cases that they're beneficial. I installed a smart thermostat in my house and have already noticed quite a huge difference in the features and stuff. But that's a security risk I'm not too worried about because it's my thermostat. Um, (laughs) However, just to kind of put it out there, your thermostat has sensors to know if you're home and where you are in your home. And that data can be used by hackers to their advantage, right? If they know you're out of home between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., then they now have a thermostat to confirm that data and they're going to use another hack to break open your garage door and off they go. So even an innocent thermostat can be used against you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the next one then in my list here is gas pumps. 
And gas pumps, you know, each of us uses them every day. Honestly, every time I put my credit card into one of those, I'm a little freaked out. I'm always expecting a phone call like five minutes later that my card's been compromised and so on. Only because, you know, a few years back, that was something that I experienced myself. So apparently these machines can be hacked both to steal your identification and apparently also, uh, of course, to get at your, your credit card information. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. The one that I thought was particularly surprising is I found out there's these things called automated tank gauges. The acronym for that is ATGs. And these ATGs are actually set up down in the tank and they're computer systems whose job is to try to balance the volume, the amount of fuel, and the amount of water content that's actually in the tank. And it turns out that there is some concern about certain levels of these things mixing to a certain point. And it's up to these gauges to monitor all this. So someone who was of a mind to do so could potentially hack these gauges, causing misreadings, misreports. It could say the tank is empty when it's full, causing a spill. It could say that there's an abundance of water content in it and so on. And there was some speculation and it's only speculation. I didn't find a case of it, but some people who claim they know what they're talking about said that there are some ways you could rig it to potentially cause an explosion in a tank. I'm not going to say that that's accurate because there isn't actually an instance I can find. Um, but it is a bit concerning. I can think of other reasons why having the, the tanks messed with could be a concern. But uh, yeah, that's basically all I had on the gas pump one. Um, do you have any insight on anything to do with the gas pumps? I think it goes to say what you said earlier, right? The whole credit card and debit machine. I've actually had my own debit card compromised at one of those pumps, but that's typical. I mean, you can have it done at an ATM. You can have it done at a restaurant. There's nothing unique in that threat. And then just in general, pretty much anything that connects to the internet or has an interface like we talked about earlier, a Bluetooth interface, whatever it is, it's possible it can get hacked. And really the damage that can be done to that Sometimes only that industry knows. It's kind of easy to point to, you know, the medical equipment and say that's a problem. But like you were saying earlier, what kind of chemical makeup you'd have to have in the tank to cause it to explode, if at all possible, um, we'd have to get somebody else in here to talk about that. But I guess let's put it this way, I'm not surprised. If it's on the internet, there's always a threat that it could be attacked. Okay, that's fair. Well, good sir, I'm looking at our clock and I can tell that it's time for us to wrap this one up. So, But to be fair, you didn't. you had more, right? Well, I do have more, in fact. Many more uh, things? Okay. We, we're going to have to make this one a part two um, because I, I did have a number more to go through. So my apologies for not getting through the whole list in this episode. So part two of the 10 things you may not have realized could be hacked will be next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Have a good night.